When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Thank you for joining me. Happy Friday to you and yours. We made it. It's the weekend. We're about to get you into the weekend on a right note with an awesome show, a continuation of a conversation we started on Thursday. And it's really just a continuation of a conversation we've been having for the past two years. It's just taken me all this time to fit the puzzle pieces together and to finally catch up and be able to unpack all these ideas and things that we've been thinking about. We're gonna do it with uh, Royce White uh, initially as we go really big picture, and then we want to narrow the focus down to a scriptural, a, a biblical interpretation of a conversation we started yesterday and are having today and, and, and just have been having in general. So Anthony and Virgil will join me for some Tennessee Harmony to pick up on this conversation I'm, a, I'm about to have with Royce. You saw me, Shamika, and TJ Moe having a bit of this conversation yesterday. So Royce, let me walk you through what I've been trying to do here for the yesterday and, and today. I've connected the dots somehow from Neo doing, his publicist putting out an apology for him saying, look man, I, I don't want, I, I'm not gonna let a 12 year old child tell me what gender he is and get some kind of surgery and blah, blah, blah. And, and then, the publicist puts out a statement, then Neo puts out a video saying, I ain't backing down. And then I connected that to Wayne Brady writing a letter for, Peep, for People Magazine saying, I'm pansexual. I'm bisexual with an open mind, and he feels like he's gotta write this in a letter. And so that, that makes me, that made me go to like, hey man, this whole Hollywood entertainment thing, it's just a sex cult. And you have to pledge allegiance to this sex cult and alternative lifestyle and all this alternative thinking around sexuality if you want to have success in Hollywood. Why is Neo, his publisher, any, in, any, in any way, having to issue an apology about saying, hey, I'm not going to let a child decide to have surgery on himself and change gender. And then he has to put out a clarifying statement and, and all that. I was like... Oh, that's because, you know, he's a part of the sex cult and he's trying to define some boundaries within the sex cult that allow him to live in the sane world while everybody else is is insane. And so I just started thinking like, so a sex cult ideology is running Hollywood and the entertainment industry. Why? And, and, and someone raised up the question about Wayne Brady about like, why has he got to write a letter to people to say that he's pansexual? You know, a bunch of old women that watch Let's Make a Deal, they don't care. 
and don't want to know what's going on in Wayne Brady's sex life, this won't help ratings. And, and that took me to going, well, they don't care about ratings anymore. They don't care about production or competition or, or any of the things that we used to think they cared about because we're actually not living in a free market. We're, we're not living in a, a, a corporate world where there is legitimate competition. Mm. Everything has grabbed hands in a we are the world, we are the children, one world government or, or one world corporate movement. And, and it's BlackRock, it's State Street, it's Vanguard, these trillion dollar asset management firms that are connected to every corporation in America and across the globe. And it, it made me go, well, you know what? Just using one example, like Crest, when I was a kid, was in competition with Colgate. And, and now they're really not. They're not two separate businesses. They, they're all eaten out of the same pot. The same people own Crest and Colgate. And I'm just using that as an example. It may not be true, but, but it's true across the board. Like Cheetos and Doritos aren't competing with each other. They, some big corporation doesn't care whether you buy Cheetos and kill yourself with that or buy Doritos and kill yourself with that. And, and it's probably true that McDonald's, the people that are really making money off McDonald's, they don't care whether you go to Burger King or Wendy's or KFC, any, every, it's, it's one world. It's, it's, we are the world, we're all holding hands. And, and there's a price that we pay for the cult that is pushing this one world agenda and, and because they're interested in depopulation, and, and one of the ways to help depopulation is to get everybody in their omnisexual uh, sex cult. And, and Wayne Brady has pledged allegiance. Neo's trying to navigate it. But, but anyway, Royce, I, I just, I come away from all of this and just wanted to have you help me understand these thoughts that are coming to my head in real time and, and to see if my instincts are right. And so when, when I look around and, and wonder like, why, why is Rachel Levine a person with an obvious mental health illness? Why is she assistant secretary of health? Why is Kareem Jean-Pierre the press secretary when she's clearly unqualified for her job? And it's because when they're creating a society where production, results, merit, uh, skill, none of that is relevant, you can just put anybody in any position as long as you can control them through the sex cult. Those are my thoughts. Help me tie these things together or untie them, but these are the thoughts that Neo and Wayne Brady sparked in me. Yeah, corporatocracy all the way down, right? Turtles all the way down. I, I, I've been saying for since, since I've been on the show, corporatocracy, corporatocracy is one of my um, big issues with how the narrative was was spun about myself in the NBA. It, 
you know, my fight with the NBA wasn't really about mental health at all. I mean, in so far as that I suffered from anxiety and the NBA just happened not to have any mental health policies in their CBA. But really, it was a, it was a proxy for um, corporate America and, and this global corporate community to say, hey, we, we're, we're openly predatory around the vulnerability of the human psychology. I mean, we're we're not in the business of trying to sort out what what you know the brainwashing and the programming that we've we've profited from we're trying to double and triple down and and that's that that really is the mo of the corporatocracy and and you know the the lgbtq thing again there's a lot of things working at once these people are smart these people are smarter they're way smarter than you and i and they're way more organized they have way more time to be way more thorough uh in their agenda and it's hard for everyday people to understand that just from from the outset, let alone mount a, a defense against it, because we live very, uh, you know, tunnel vision with our own life. These people don't live like that. These people sit in rooms all day and they're paid handsomely to figure out how to brainwash people, how to maintain and control power, how to subvert things like nationalism or, or the American values that that sit in our Constitution. Um, so, you know, like. The LGBTQ thing, for example, I said on the show a couple of weeks ago, that specifically is completely meant to, you know, uh, disempower men. And I, I told you when I was there in Nashville, why are why is there no huge celebration of, of women who dress up like men? Why is the why is the theatrics and the celebration and the, and the promotion of the propaganda so heavily drawn around men that dress up like women? So that piece alone, the whole sexual identity politics piece is meant to subvert the, the, the masculinity of men in America specifically. It's American specific. And if you go to our, our enemies across the water, Russia, China, now don't get me wrong, the Eastern, the, 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 the West as, a, as an entity suffers from it as well, right? The, the European Finocchios, of course. But on the world stage, and you go to South America, you go to Africa, there ain't no train. I mean, the Africans are laughing at the LGBTQ movement. They're laughing at the very, uh, you know, idea of transgenders. They, they don't even allow it. They would. They definitely aren't allowing it in government. This is ridiculous. Uh, and and the Chinese and the Russians aren't as well. And they're the other modern society. So the LGBTQ movement is meant to subvert masculinity for Americans and by proxy the West. The and so the, yeah, I'm sorry. So you have said this before, maybe earlier this week, I can't remember, but for no demographic on the globe valued freedom more than the American man. And so when you disempower the American man and take his competitive drive away from him, because that's what I'm seeing, is like, we don't care about competition. We don't even want to pay the price for competition. Let, let's make football as easy and as pain-free as possible. And oh, it's gross what they do. But, but men used to somewhat like enjoy that risk. And it was worth it to prove your manhood. And, and we understood that yes, that sounds primitive. And yes, there are smarter things to do, but that type of energy, if you let it loose in a culture, it's going to push your society 
ahead of everybody else. When you value competition to that degree that you're willing to make certain sacrifices to to ensure that that type of competition can exist. And and, and so I'm looking at an attack on the last group of men that actually have an understanding of what freedom is, understand Mm -hmm. the value of what freedom is, and this whole LGBT, this whole emasculation of the American man, black and white, is an attack on freedom. And that's why I, I sit around and look and I'm like, look at all these men that they've convinced that freedom and competition are negatives or, or yes. not worth protecting. Uh, uh. 100% to, to all of that, but let, let's let's go to the macro, okay? Everybody thinks that we won World War One and World War Two. We didn't. World War One and one, World War One and World War Two were won by globalists, by a globalist agenda. Since those wars were ended, not won or lost, since they were ended, they have been used as a justification for globalism. And when you think about globalism, people go, I mean, when I ran for Congress, people were, oh, globalism's a dog whistle for anti-Semitism or, oh, globalism is right wing. No, 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 no. Globalism is, is effectively this idea that in order for us as a species to live, we must bow to science and we must all come together under one, one world government. And they're not really shy about that. It's very hard to understand why people would even still consider that conspiracy theory when they they openly admit it. And I mean, I know I know it scares people. It, it really does, because nobody I don't care what your politics are. Nobody wants a one world government in, in all actuality, even the even the far left is. I mean, if you ask a far left uh, liberal white woman down on the ground, if she wants a one world government, she goes, of course not. Of course, I don't want a one world government. She just isn't willing to sacrifice the, the position or status of her own role in the identity politics to fight back against one world government. So nobody wants one world government. And that's that's part of why people won't accept it. Right. And so, like, again, after World War Two, World War One, globalism is, has taken over. And, and I, I, I bring up globalism in this context because. People have told the narrative that to have a country, to have a nation, to have borders, to have boundaries, to have physical boundaries for individuals, for small groups is a dirty is a dirty thing. It's a negative. I don't care if you're a country, if you're a a city, a municipality or if you're an individual with a home. Right. The whole movement is you shouldn't have any uh, any sovereignty over your life. You shouldn't have any authority over your own life. Well, we all know where that's headed. We all know what that's pointed toward. We all know what the spirit of that wants to achieve, that everybody comes under the rule of a few. And and like if take borders, for example, and this is the best example, because we're talking globalism and nationalism. We're talking about uh, man's ambition. Right. You're talking about competition, man's ambition. Everybody thinks nationalism or having a border is a bad thing. And yeah, borders have been arbitrarily drawn in, throughout history. And America's been a part of it. And there's been corruption in it. And borders and wars do take place. But borders, borders have a much more, uh, a, a, much, a, a, a more valuable existential meaning to human beings. It's, uh, it's putting a boundary on man's unfettered ambition to rule the world. And many people don't view it like that. And the establishment and the establishment media, the corporatocracy, they don't want you to view borders like that. 
They want you to only view borders as an obstruction to their one world agenda. But really, borders is man putting a humble perimeter around himself and saying, hey, if things get bigger than this, I can't effectively govern in a way that's moral or right anymore because it's beyond me. Now I'm working into higher beings, people that have a higher uh, a higher understanding of life to try and rule or govern over that many things, over that much dominion. And so there's something very humble about borders. And we've lost that. And the reason why our corporations and all of these other, you know, uh, you know, subdivisions of, of the society we've created don't value competition is because they are a cartel. Their whole thing is to is to coagulate power to protect themselves from losing it. We think that they're battling each other. No, they've come together because they realize, hey, as long as we share the power with one another in the in the little group and keep the people from touching it, we're good. We're happy with our cut. It's so mafia. I mean, it's mafia at the grandest scale. Royce, you've said a couple of different things, and I don't know which direction to go. Remind me, I, I, I want to ask you about nobody wants borders. I, I'm not. I need you to clarify that, or n- nobody wants one world government. One world government. Yeah. I, I want you to clarify that. Yeah, one, one world government. I want you to clarify that. But but I want to pick up here, and it, it's it's combining what you just talked about with the conversation I had with TJ yesterday about the design of our founding documents and our system of government and why we're the United States of America and, and, and people don't have an understanding of our founding. But when we started out with 13 colonies or whatever and states and, and now we're at 50, the way the system is designed is that those 50 states are the United States, but they operate independently within their own little borders. And and that's a very humble concept that you're talking about. It's like, well, if the federal government tries to make rules for all 50 states, they they can't do that. We need to split this thing up and, and, and share the decision making among 50 little governments. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a humble, smart mindset, and it promotes competition among those 50 states, or how, 25 or whatever, we're now at 50, but it promotes competition so that California can go, oh man, did you see what Nevada did? That was better than what we did. Let's implement a little what Nevada did. And, and, and Montana could look at uh, Florida and say, oh man, look what Florida did. And, 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 and people could make decisions on like, oh, well this state operates different than that state. I'm gonna move to this state. And then when so many people left your state because another state had better rules, you would adjust your rules. We've lost all of that humility of understand yeah. and we've even lost an understanding of the brilliance of the design of the founders and how it was based in biblical principles and humility, everything's been so cluttered up and now everybody thinks federal government is the solution to everything. We've just yeah. lost our way. And so we're trying, 
Even the United States has adopted a one world mindset. Joe Biden or Obama or whoever the president is, is the ultimate power when governors actually should be the most important person wherever you're living. Yes. Floor is yours. Well, well let, let's let all right. We went all the way Tuesday. Now we might have to go. We might have to have two all the way days in the week. Um <laughs> Because, you know, and, and what what industry did that to us? You know, what 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 led to this sort of uh, concession that there's no way that each individual state could really maintain any sovereignty against the, the grandiosity of the federal government? Right. The the grandiosity of the federal government bastardizes the meaning of community now or the meaning of states rights, the military and the advancement of technology, because the state of Texas couldn't reasonably say we're going to stand against the American military in the minds of American citizens, right? Spiritually, culturally, we don't believe that Minnesota could really take a stand that Governor Tim Waltz, which he would never do because he's, I mean, he's the, the, you know, globalist to the max, but that any governor anywhere in the United States of America could really stand against the, you know, the, the overall force of technology. Again, this is World War II. This is World War One. This is trading in this sort of uh, safety mechanism by expanding the military and technology to some, you know, that all advancement is a net positive for everybody. No, it's not. There's great danger in in this massive expansion of military and technology. And one of them is exactly what we see in products that are given to us by the corporatocracy. Convenience becomes the number one enemy of freedom. And that's why we haven't really fought back against it. Convenience is the number one enemy of freedom. It's not tyranny. It's convenience. And the the thing that's smart about these globalists, these these tyrants now is they're going to sell us convenience before they bring us bullets and brass. And right now we're taking it. Now there's some people who are fighting back. The MAGA movement's fighting back. There are little pockets of people who are fighting back all across the spectrum. But by and large, the high has gotten so good. People jerk off so much. The convenience is better than freedom. Black people, maybe most of all, that's why we vote for the 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 never exp, uh, the 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 ever expansion of federal government. We like the convenience. We've bought into the convenience. Um, and so I, I want to say one other thing in this regard. Let's go back before World War One and World War Two. Just shortly before it was the inception of the Fed. The Fed did the same. This is what the inception of the Federal Reserve is. This is why many people who they call conspiracy theories have so much leg and and so much gravity when they bring the Federal Reserve up as an inflection point and and talk about banking as the real railhead of New World Order and this sort of globalist movement. Because it started right there with this sort of anti-competitive cartel initiative with banking, right? The antitrust in America is the globalist buster. The antitrust is the most effective and underutilized way to break up monopolies and slow globalism. We just don't have presidents and politicians that um, have enough courage to go against the military industrial complex to use the antitrust laws the way that we could. We have everything on the books that we need to slow the the progress of globalism, technology, AI, and all these anti-human agendas. The people who are empowered are just on the payroll. They won't do it. Royce, I wasn't anticipating asking you this question, so but there's no question I can give you you can't handle, but 
when I sit here and think about states' rights and, and how we've lost respect for states' rights, how, how much of that can be attributed to when a lot of people hear states' rights, the first thing they think of is the Civil War and slavery. And it, it's where this whole racial thing confuses people. And, yep. and, and w- w- we don't understand that, no, there was good to states' rights. Slavery was bad, states' rights were good, but people, people are now confused and they hear states' rights and they think, oh, that's, that's gonna justify racism. No, it, it's actually going to protect your freedoms when it's used and applied properly. But black people, look, look. We just act dumb. I mean, respectfully, you know, look, I'm at the big three all uh, all season long. We go to cities. We go. Obviously, if you look at the schedule, there's cities where there are huge black markets for for basketball. uh, And I'm seeing black people all the time and they know what I talk about. They know what I say. And, and, you know, I I get nothing but love in in person. So that's a good sign. But but at mass, the, the corporatocracy and the propaganda machine still has a stranglehold on black people and the narrative of black people. And this goes right to it. I mean, it's a very, very simple uh, uh, distinction to make. Yes, slavery was wrong. Obviously, we all we all understand that. But states rights were brilliant. And I mean, if you can't if you can't if you can't distinguish between the two, then you probably shouldn't get a say in in your citizenship because you don't even know how to protect the value of your own citizenship because you don't understand what citizenship is or why it is or how it is or how it functions or, or how it protects you. And we have a bunch of people talking about civil rights. You don't even believe in citizenship. You can't have civil rights without citizenship. You can't have citizenship without a nation with borders. You can't have a global. There's no such thing as a global citizenship. I mean, the whole thing is a complete scam. Again, once you expand the borders too far beyond your own ability to, to comprehend and govern, you're going to lose value at every turn. I don't care if it's food production. I don't care if it, look at the industrialization of food. I'm glad that this this part came up. I know you're talking about Klaus and BlackRock and, and all of these all of these, uh, you know, multinational uh, globalist politicians really is what they are. Look at what's happened to the food. Look at the, the degradation of food. Look at the poison that we accept. And then everybody goes, well, you live to 75. It's like, yeah, the human body's resilient. God is, has an, a, an incredible design. That doesn't mean we should accept it <laughs> just because our body can, you know, our body has a built in furnace and we can take it. That doesn't mean we should accept that we're being poisoned. And we've been accepting being poisoned for so long now they're going to start, you know, implement new stuff that is weaponized and we'll take that, too. That's why I brought up the mystery meat, the impossible burgers yesterday. You know, it's it's <laughs> right. I mean, look, it, it, as you expand beyond a humble boundary individually, as a small community, as a state, as a nation, you're going to lose value. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Royce, I want to help buttress your point. Put up the graphic of, I think there's like 10 companies that can basically control all the food we eat and everything we consume. And, and what people don't understand, and again, this goes back to the lack of competition. When it's just a handful of people in control of everything, that's how, and, and I'll just use fast food places as an example. If, if, if there wasn't this we are the world, one world, everybody in it together deal, the fast food industry would, would operate differently. It's like, you, you know why uh, Burger King and McDonald's and even Wendy's, they, they serve you a degraded form of meat? Because they can, because there's no real competition. And because there's no one like sticking to their gun, no, no, we're gonna serve you grass-fed, blah, 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 and it's gonna be fast food. They all just start cutting corners because they're all in on it together, and so you don't really have competition, you just have different forms of bad. And, and it, it, it's, it's... <laughs> well, and, and Jason, They have Go ahead. Yeah, and they set the price. See, that's the scam that people don't really see is, is yeah, you have the, you know, you brought up this, this incredible chart of just how monopolized the food production is. But on the flip side, they control the interest rates that are used by the, the food production companies to be able to have liquid working capital to operate every day. So the Fed is still, I mean, the Fed still control, the Fed's controlling all these industries through interest rates, through price setting. I mean, we're talking about that. That's what makes a cartel. How did the how did the Sinaloa cartel come together? You had a bunch of individual drug lords who came together and said, look, man, we're getting big money here. We're getting big money here. Why would we why would we uh, um, why would we uh, g g give ourselves the hassle of potentially stepping on each other's toes and going to war with each other? When if we come together, we can expand further and can keep the power. Now, you still have people that want to clip each other out even once you get into a little cartel because that's just man's natural. That's just man's nature. Right. And men are greedy. They can't stay with the with the game. Um, but but for the most part, especially when it comes to massive industries, titans of industry, everybody knows, hey, this is my little corner of the plate. I'm good here. I'm good here. You know, I, I'm, I'm living large. They're living large. I mean, uh, and, and I want to share this with you, too. Let me let me drop this piece of history on people. Because we look at food and we think of food as like, well, what we put in our bodies uh, or, or what we buy from a restaurant. Really, we got to think of it as energy. The consumption of energy. I said it yesterday. This war we're in now is about the production and consumption of energy. And it, it's very important. It's very important for our, our listeners, our audience to understand what Henry Kissinger did with the petrodollar and what's going on now. I, I can't I can't overemphasize it enough. The petrodollar, when Kissinger went to the Saudis and created the petrodollar alliance, he put us on a collision course with whoever the predominant power was going to be on the Eurasian landmass. Why? Because despite what they're trying to sell white liberals, white women, white suburban moms or whoever else will follow their ideology in America, despite what they're trying to sell them about the climate initiative, they know that the production of energy for a very long time into the future is still going to come down to oil. They know it. That's what the climate racket is really meant to do. Culturally shift the, the, uh, the, the perception of the American mind to, to accept this, 
you know, this this radical reduction of energy consumption. Why? Because the Saudis are now aligned with the Chinese. And that means that the price of oil for the former petrodollar, now the petro yuan, is going to go through the roof. The Saudis and the Chinese are going to charge us triple, quadruple, 10 times what we used to get oil for. Now, what are we going to do? Because, you know, they can tell you, they can talk to you about solar burgers if they want to. They know the truth. They're just trying to get people high enough and caught up in other policies so they don't read the fine print of what the reality is. It costs, it uses just as much oil and coal or whatever they say is bad for the environment to produce solar and, and, and uh, Tesla batteries. It's, I mean, there is no climate, there is no EV initiative. They testified before the world, the United Nations and said the best EV agenda on paper right now will only reduce uh, um, what it, carbon emissions or greenhouse gases by 0.0001% in 20 years. That means there is no climate initiative. All they're trying to get you to do is accept the fact that you're not going to be able to live like you used to live because America has lost its position in the world. And in order for us, in order for us to live like we used to live, we'd either A, have to become energy independent which they can't have because a strong independent America is, is too much of a threat on the world stage, or we'd have to go to war and beat the Chinese over Saudi Arabia. And we can't beat the Chinese in Saudi Arabia. Why? Because you can't beat an army where you have to sail where they can walk. The Chinese can walk to the oil. We have to sail there. We have to go by boat or plane. You can't beat an army that can walk to the energy supply. That's what we're looking at right now. We're in an energy war. So... Last thing I want to ask you, Royce, is you, nobody wants a one world government. Are, are, are you sure of that? I, I think people have been brainwashed and have so little understanding that they think there's some value in, you know, Michael Jackson's song, We Are the World, We Are the Children. Yeah, no. Liberal white women don't want, 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 want a one world government any more than they want black people living in their neighborhoods. I mean, it's all it's all theater. Right. I'm not buying it. You ask a white woman, a privileged white woman to give her job up for a Negro, she's not doing it, especially if it would mean that she can't she can't uh, continue to buy her uh, designer Chanel perfume or whatnot. Right. Uh, or, or post on Instagram and her luxurious omnisexual. Does she know that's the life. ramifications of a one world government, though. Does she no, know no, the, that? No, 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 no. No, the rejection of the one world government at a spiritual level for liberal white women and, and you know, the the. The, the spirit, the spirit of women, liberal white women all over the world or all over the West is that they talk about let's let take autonomy, for example, the, the entire the entire suffrage movement says that women's bodies are not owned by a nation or government, that their autonomy, they, they desire their autonomy to be uh, separated from the benefit of producing children for a nation that could potentially have to go to war. And, and there's some legitimacy to that because we shouldn't look at the reproduction system as a means to wage war on other countries. I agree with that philosophically. But women, the, the women's movement has now hijacked that into a it's all about women. Let's let's use that to take power and dominion over men writ large. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can't say again, just like black people, if you don't want if, you, if you're afraid of the police, you don't give the government more money, more power. If you're a woman and you don't want to become subject to a government or nation, you don't go to a one world government. And these women, again, they, they you're right. They may not understand it, but I think some of them, you know, spiritually, they don't know what Klaus Schwab means 
when he gets up on stage at the United Nations or at the WEF. They actually don't know what he's talking about. I mean, it, uh, honestly, the millennial generation of white women, 50% of them have self-reported mental health issues. They're on medication. And if they're on medication, they're probably self-medicating with other illicit drugs. A lot of them are. I know a lot of the, the reemergence of cocaine is through the roof, this, along with all the other drugs. I mean, people are getting high. They're not only getting high jerking off on the Internet. They're actually getting high, physically high. Uh, so, you know, I think the whole symbolic kumbaya is really just for superficial theater. When when push comes to shove and uh, they live under a Chinese type government where women have where women can no longer have babies if they desire to trap some man that they now hate and resent in the family court debacle and then get a protection order against him and then call the police on him because he's dating another woman. Uh, when that comes down on them, they're going to hate the, the idea of one world government, but it'll be too late. Thank you, Royce. Uh, have a great weekend. Great job as always. Appreciate you. Uh, let me tell you guys about uh, Bank on Yourself, one of our great new sponsors. Have you been told to max out your 401k? The Wall Street Casino loves to roll the dice with your hard-earned life savings. But the only thing Wall Street guarantees is that they always get paid, whether you win or lose. Thankfully, there's a better way to grow your nest egg. Bank on Yourself is a guaranteed and predictable way to grow your hard-earned money. This refinement, retirement plan, Alternative gives you 100% control of your money, plus tax-free income in retirement. Bank on Yourself provides guaranteed, predictable growth in retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required. You'll know what your tax rate will be in retirement, zero, under the current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. You're also in control. Unlike 401ks or IRAs, with Bank on Yourself, you get access to your money for any purpose at any time with no questions asked and no government penalties or restrictions on how much income you can take or when you can take it. Now get a free report with all the details on how Bank on Yourself strategy adds guarantees, predictability, tax savings, and control to your financial plan. Just go to bankonyourself.com slash fearless. That's bankonyourself.com slash fearless. What could be smarter than banking on yourself? When you do, send me an email at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Uh, we'll move to Tennessee Harmony with Anthony Walker and Virgil Walker. It's my obligation, no hate, discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. Welcome back. Time for some Tennessee Harmony. Anthony and Virgil are with us. I can't wait. Uh, we've had a conversation going on the past two days, first with Shamika, then TJ Moe, then Royce White, and we really need some biblical understanding on a conversation we've been having about uh, the direction of global society and this move towards what many people believe is a one world government and so we wanted to have a conversation with Anthony and Virgil about this, or I did, uh, to get a, a more biblical interpretation of, of everything we've been discussing the past day and a half. I know I just want to enter this into the record. Anthony has 
warned me and I think us previously on like, it's really hard to interpret the book of Revelations. And so we gotta be careful here. And, and I just wanna enter that into the record because again, the book of Revelations never uses the words one world government. Just start there. But most people interpret it as the beast being this ruler and, and that he's orchestrated and manipulated things in a way that there is a one world government. And so, but it, it's difficult to interpret, but we want an expert opinion and we'll get that. And I'm, I'm gonna have to unpack some things first to get Virgil and Anthony up to speed on what we've been talking about and how I wanna define the discussion. Before I do that, I want Anthony uh, to lead us in a prayer and then we'll get into the conversation. Father God, we're thankful for today and for all the blessings that you've given us. Uh, Father, help us to uh, have a desire, a hunger and thirst for your word. Help us to learn every day to trust you more and more to live as God would have us to live. We're thankful in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So, guys, I've been tying together pieces over the past two days, starting with Neo. Uh, Neo, the R&B singer, comes out uh, in an interview and basically says, man, I'm not letting a 12-year-old kid decide his gender. It's just an average, common sense statement. Uh, he or his publicist immediately puts out an apology and, and then Neil comes back 24 hours later and said, nah, that my publicist put that out. I'm standing on what I'm standing on. You can have your opinion, I can have mine. But just even the whole thought that this 43-year-old grown man, father of five, seven kids, I think, has to put out any type of clarifying statement about, hey man, I'm not letting a 12-year-old decide on some surgery, change, this kind of life decision, that we've moved to that place that as an entertainer to protect his reputation, he's got his publicist thinks he's got to put out a, uh, an apology, and then he thinks he's got to put out a clarifying statement. I think it just says something about where we're at, that you know, if, if Neo announced that the sky is blue and a group of people decided, nope, we're, we disagree with that, and we're in power, you know, he'd have to put out a clarifying statement. Then Wayne Brady wrote an article in People magazine saying that he's pansexual and that uh, that's, he's bisexual with an open mind. And I'm like, uh, okay, I think a lot of people maybe thought that, but regardless, you gotta write a story in People to announce this. This is how you stay in the good graces of the entertainment industry. And so between Neo and Wayne Brady, I, I was just like, man, this whole sexual thing is in control of the entertainment industry. And everybody has to pick a side. And if you wanna stay in the good graces, you better pick Wayne Brady's side. Cause if you pick Neo's side, you're gonna have to put out some apologies and some clarifying statements. And Neo is saying like, if this gets me canceled or get me, just saying something common sense about how he's gonna raise his child, raises the specter of I might get canceled. And, and that to me was like, wow, the sex cult or whatever, whoever the puppet masters are, are using sex, sexuality, and perversion as a way to control entertainers and influencers. And, and, and then uh, one of my producers 
made the point that, like, Wayne Brady, old women to watch Let's Make a Deal, they don't care about his sexuality. This isn't going to help his ratings. And that made me say, well, what you got to understand is ratings don't matter anymore. Results don't matter anymore. Production doesn't matter anymore because the sex cult or whoever's in charge or whoever's in charge of the entertainment industry and if you uh, this ESG score thing that they, the corporations that BlackRock is enforcing, Vanguard and State Street, these asset management firms that own all these global corporations and everybody benefits and everybody eats out of the same pie, you don't understand the like competition and results and merit and all has all been made irrelevant because everybody gets rich regardless. And that you may have grown up in a time maybe where Crest, the toothpaste, mm-hmm. was actually competing against Colgate. But now, because of all these massive uh, corporations and asset management firms, uh, Crest and Colgate, they don't really care who sells the most. Everybody gets paid just as long as you buy toothpaste, yeah. and they control all of the toothpaste. Right. And so, what this is corporations have formed a one world alliance to some degree which eliminates competition which eliminates truth which eliminates production and results and so i was making the argument that like if you're sitting on your job and you're wondering why your company doesn't care about the employee who uh, is unproductive has their job perhaps because they're Rachel Levine and they're a man with a mental illness pretending to be a woman and we'll make them assistant health secretary because now you can do that because competition and merit and competence and production, none of it matters. A small group of people in power that have come together, they get to promote and install whoever they want and they're driven by this sex cult, this whole obsession with sexuality and perverted sexuality, blah, blah, blah. And so it made me go, it made me go have this aha moment where again, the Bible in the book of Revelations never says one world government, but it does kind of give you an indication like if, if, if a handful of people get control, uh, boy, there's going to be a lot of corruption and there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a heck of a price to pay. And then I went the further step of saying, like, having an aha moment of like, you know, the Bible. Does it, it tells you all the right things to do and it tells you a lot of the bad things that go on, but it doesn't provide you all the details for everything that's happening with you right now. And that's why we have to lean into faith and fear of God, faith in and fear of like his instructions are pretty clear. And I may not understand all the ramifications of ignoring his instructions, but I can guarantee you from faith, fear. And I can guarantee you now through my 56 years of life experience, like, oh, yeah, there's a price to pay if you ignore God. So so just take it on trust. Don't look for all the details. Don't try to understand everything because a lot of things are beyond 
our understanding, particularly in the short amount of time we have to live. Maybe if we all lived to 500 years old, we could figure it all out and, and come a tiny bit closer to having his level of, but really we have no level of understanding. And so I just wanted, because I think so many people hear about a one world government and, 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 and globalism, and they don't have any understanding of like, hey man, there's some real price to pay for that. And, and that, you know, that's not what God wants for us. And, and I think, and this is where I'm gonna shut up and let you and uh, Virgil drive the conversation, but I think the Bible and the book of Revelations indicates like, man, there's some problems when you, you give in to any form of a one world government and, and, and just accept that. But today I just wanted to show you or talk about, and yesterday about, here are some of the ramifications, here are some of the problems, here's how these problems are manifesting themselves here in America and around the globe. And I just wanted you and uh, Virgil to tell me whether confirm my instincts or expound on or correct my instincts. All right, I'll, I'll put a biblical lens on just about everything that you said there. So one of the first commands that God gives to Adam and Eve is don't eat from this particular tree. And immediately, or I shouldn't say immediately, but soon thereafter, uh, Satan enters in and whispers to Eve, um, you know, did, did God really say that? And then he, he makes this bold statement, you will not surely die. Now, God has laid down the truth, the punishment. If you eat of this tree, you will die. And Satan responds to that with just, you know, obviously the exact opposite. You won't die. And then that's when the deception begins and we begin to go down this world of trouble. So as it relates to what you were saying about Neo, because of the powers that be that are in the world today, uh, we've gotten to a place where objective fact, objective truth is now just simply met with it's not that way. And, and the only remedy to that, according to the world, is you've got to be reeducated. I'm sorry. I don't know how much more education I need to figure out that two plus two equals four. Now, if you tell me two plus two is five and if, if I say in the world today, no, it's four, they're going to push me to a side. They're going to threaten to cancel me and they're going to say, hey, you need to be reeducated. That's where we are with men can become pregnant and women can become men. It's it's unless you accept this, uh, you're going to be canceled. You're going to be fired in many instances. You're going to be. So I use that to piggyback on what Daniel, the book of Daniel is trying to do. God uh, gives Daniel these visions of what's going to happen over hundreds and thousands of years. There will be several different world powers that will come into play. Uh, Babylon, uh, the Medo-Persian Empire, uh, Rome, all of these different entities, entities will come along, consume the world, run the world pretty much. And but what, what he's really trying to point out to us, though, is behind the scenes of these world powers is the enemy, Satan. He's the one pulling those strings. 
And so we have to be cognizant as believers that we are trusting God, following God, obeying God, living according to his ways and not becoming too distracted by all the smoke and mirrors because we can get in that space and now we're participating in what the enemy wants. You know, racism, for example, that can become a distraction to what God is really trying to get us to do. If I can just get you guys fighting over race, nobody it. it doesn't matter who thinks they're the best. You guys are going to be fighting while I'm doing what's behind the scenes. Now we're dealing with this gender ideology. Oh, y'all can fight over all that trans this by this. We've gotten to where now the, the, the definitions have just gone so many circles. Pansexual. Like, like what's the difference? It, it's, it's a perversion from what God ordained. But if I can get you guys arguing over letters and, and, and orientations, I can do what I'm doing behind the scenes. And so Revelation, as John reveals what has been revealed unto him in the book of Revelation, is this effort of taking us believers and Christians back to what God was showing Daniel in the book of Daniel. That behind these efforts of having these big united world powers is an effort by Satan to destroy what God has created. Like that's what revelation in the end. And, and, and so what uh, he deals with at the end of the book is ultimately Jesus wins. And then that's where, you know, I'll kind of just kind of give that summary of what you were dealing with. So it is something that we have to be careful of as Christians, as we're looking at not just that these powers are coming together, but the reason why they're coming together. They've, they've gotten together in an effort to where now they can speak a voice to, to many in the world that's louder than the voice of God. Man, he created them male and female. Now there is a power entity in the world that says, ah, there's a spectrum. And unless you agree with that, all of these things are going to be threatened. So it's, it's been laid out biblically. Um, I'm gonna let Virgil get him, but I'm gonna come back to that other point that you made about trust as well. Virgil. Yeah, I, man, I, I couldn't have framed it up. I, I couldn't have framed our conversation better than than what Anthony just did. Uh, absolutely outstanding job kind of laying out the groundwork for the case. As I listened to, to you and Royce kind of walk through, you know, the, the globalism and, and, and different globalist entities, you know, I, just thinking about following that conversation was rather intimidating. What it reminded me of, Jason, is uh, back in the day, uh, I used to do talk radio, um, and when I when I was in talk radio, uh, I was you know I was known as the the quote unquote black conservative. Uh, the, the challenge with that was uh, because of the fact that I was defending conservatism, I had to keep up to speed on every single thing that someone who had the name conservative did. So I'm chasing around all the stories about, you know, every every single conservative in the Congress and in this place and that place, because I never knew what the other guy who was from the left was going to hit me with. Uh, he, you know, uh, Senator so and so was caught in this scandal. Senator such and such did this. I didn't know what I was going to have to deal with. So I had to keep up with all this multivaried uh, uh, ideas and, and, and issues that plagued each and every person who claimed the name conservative. Uh, once I once I understood a biblical worldview, 
the waters that were muddied became crystal clear. And the reason they became crystal clear was because I had for a firm foundation on truth, on right, on wrong, uh, and, 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 and the water became really clear. And the reason for that is now I didn't have to chase around everybody's individual idea. I could stand on the firm foundation of God's truth and, and, and not have the waters muddied. So now I didn't have to study what every single person was doing. I just had to study God's word so that I could have clarity. What, what Anthony just demonstrated as he unpacked uh, the, the different worldviews and, and you know, the, whether it was the Medo-Persians, uh, whether it was the Babylonian rule, whether it was Roman rule, he made the statement that all of those powers and entities, at the end of the day, the God behind those powers and entities was the God of this age. He was Satan, the God of this world. Uh, there's, there, there really, we need to break down two kind of ideas with regard to, to what we're seeing and experiencing in culture. And that is if we hold to the word of God, things are very simple. You have, uh, as it pertains to, to uh, creation, you have male and female. He created them, right? Uh, you have uh, marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, when, when you think about issues of, of different people groups, even uh, you've got F different ethnicities, but ultimately what, what, how this boils down is those who are in Adam and still in their sin and those who professed Christ and as a result experience eternal life. Uh, as it pertains to, to the kingdom of this world, they may take on, it may be globalism, it may be Marxism, it may be socialism, it, because the, the, the enemy, the devil, is going to try every, every which way to, to influence culture in the way that he can. At the end of the day, we need to think about this in light of two kingdoms. One, the kingdom of this world, and then the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and God is definitely sovereign over both. But at the end of the day, the, 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 the God of this world, in fact, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 4 says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of, of, of unbelievers. Uh, we're, those who are in unbelief and are in this world are blinded by Satan himself to the truth. Uh, and it's, that's why it's all the more imperative that we who know Christ articulate his truth, stand for his truth, um, and, and, and are promoting the message of the gospel. I'll say this and, and turn it back over, over to you. Uh, when I think about these individuals, um, whether it's, um, uh, uh, oh, who was it, uh, Neo, uh, this past week, he sounded very convicted about his position uh, and then turned around and, and, and backtracked. And then, well, I don't really apologize for that. I apologize for hurt feelings. Um, you know, wh whether it's Macy Gray or, or J.K. Rowling or any of those people who are in that public sphere who, who take a stand on something, it's incredible that now to be countercultural, you have to actually say something traditional. Uh, and most of those people really need to hold on to a biblical worldview in order to make that stand. Otherwise, they'll find themselves capitulating to the powers that be because they're still moved by the God of this age. Virgil, I want to, because you got a chance to listen to me and uh, Royce, I, I want to follow back up with something that Royce and I talked about, but, but TJ on, on Thursday uh, ha had referenced, and, and it, it connects to what Royce and I were talking about in terms of, I, I don't think, and, and I'm repeating myself here, but again, I don't think people understand the danger of globalism. 
they hear it and 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 they think, ah, you know, it's just like anything else. And, uh, you know, hey, things would be better if things were more global. And if if we all work together and NATO's a great thing and the World Economic Forum is a great thing and it's going to take all of us coming together to fight climate change. And anybody that's against globalism is really just an old fuddy-duddy and is not moving with the times. And and I, I Royce and I tried to unpack it. I thought TJ the day before uh, referenced scripture, Jeremiah 17 and 9, and, and he applied it to the setup of our system of government here in America. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And, and, and in our founding documents in this country, much of it was driven by this recognition. Like, if man is given too much power, he will exploit it and he will do corrupt things because his heart is wicked. And so there has to be this system of checks and balances. And then Royce comes in and says, like, hey, you know, boundaries and borders are actually signs of humility. Like, no, you, you put up a border and think because, you know, this is all I can handle. This is all that you can put on my plate. If, if I try to put Virgil's plate on my plate and Anthony's plate on my plate, I'm going to get too fat. And, you know, I'm just not going to be able to manage all of this. And so I, I, I was explaining to uh, or having a conversation with Royce and saying that that's why these 50 states operating with autonomy and some freedom and, and not being beholden to the federal government is actually a good thing because it creates competition and it allows us to learn from other states what does work, what doesn't work. And, and that's how they envision things, these states. And it started with 13, we're now at 50, competing against each other, learning from each other and improving each other. Whereas now uh, the federal government seems to have far more power than the states and, and so it's like we've become a country that's run with a globalist mindset. And that's part of the reason why things are falling apart and how we've gotten to this point where they've disappeared truth and we're arguing about silly and stupid things. And they're spending trillions of dollars on Ukraine. And meanwhile, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, there's potholes on every road. There's men languishing with no jobs. There's families torn apart. But let's send trillions of dollars to Ukraine. Right. Because again, we can control and manipulate the whole world. We're the United States of America. Our federal government is so powerful. We can manage the whole world. And we can't even manage Jackson, Mississippi. I, I don't know if I have a question there. I'd just like for, yeah. <laughs> for you to expound or, or work off of that. Yeah, there was a lot you said there. I was trying to kind of take down some notes as you continued on uh, in, in your thought process. One, I'll go back. I'll start with what TJ kind of shared about about the heart of mankind. If we understand the um, you know the the absolute depravity of the human heart, we cannot trust in any man made system, even if that man made system claims to be Christian. 
we have to trust the system that is God's system, God's structure. Um, you know, when, when we talk about the heart being deceitful and wicked above all else, who can know it? We, we need to trust that, that that's not talking about those people out there. That's talking about us. That's talking about the person who I see in the mirror. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to only trust my own heart in so much as it aligns itself with what scripture has to say. Otherwise, I'll, I'll get cocky. I'll get, uh, you know, beat my chest and think I can I can make the, you know, the best uh, kind of United States or the best kind of country or the best kind of world there is. When I think about globalism, I automatically go back to uh, the story in scripture uh, from from a standpoint of the Tower of Babel. Uh, I think about the, about men who had gathered together in, in an effort to thwart God as, as as they began to build a tower to, to to rise up above God. They thought they had it all together. They knew what to do and and, and how to rule and reign and, and run things. And God separated them. That was the point at which languages were given and the people were, were separated because what they wanted to do was it was not that they would come under God's banner. It was that they that they had a desire to, to thwart God. They had a desire to, to to place what was in their own heart at the forefront and do things apart from what God had ordained. And so I, I, when I hear globalism or the ideas around it, I automatically connect. I think I think what uh, what T.J. Mo said specifically uh, about the heart of man uh, based upon Jeremiah seventeen nine. I also think about about what 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 did men try to do when they had their uh, under underneath their own ability to try to come together and create their own thing. Every time we did it uh, is in scripture, apart from God, uh, or even or even with the best of intention, with God at the fore, whether it was the, whether it was the children of Israel, you know, they'd start out well, and then over time, given that given to their own devices, uh, they would run into something or or, or walk in a way uh, that did not please God, and they did so in a in a, in a you know in a, in a massive way. Uh, the other thing you mentioned about about borders and and competition, I think all of those things are good things. God, it's God who actually ordains borders and he determines the place in which uh, we will live and, and the manner in which uh, we will live. God is, is sovereign over all of those things. Ultimately, I think what yearns in the heart of, of us who believe, of those of us who believe in Christ, is our, our yearn is for his return and for him to come back and for his kingdom to reign, uh, for him to be the king of kings and lord of lords and, and to rule and reign in the way that is truly just, truly righteous, truly holy. That's what's actually the, the yearning, the longing uh, in the heart of us who are believers. But in the meantime, there is another kingdom that that is built by the God of this age uh, who works through the hearts of sinful men, uh, who desires to create their own utopia and they'll do so by whatever means necessary, whether it's social justice, whether it's Marxism, whether it's whether it's socialism, whether it's globalism, uh, you name it. They'll 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 attempt it in an effort to thwart God's kingdom. Anthony, you wanted to make a point about trust, and, and I, I, I want you to because I, I've been so humbled that it's like I. I I don't even know, I'm seeking understanding, but I don't even know if I really care. That's a terrible thing. I don't even know if I really care about understanding. I just, this is what he said, you better follow because there are simple things that he said that you did not follow and I'm 56 and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I, I, so just, just trust. Well, you know, God, um, scripture tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts mm -hmm. are higher than our thoughts. 
when God is instructing us, he's considering all of time and space and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's considering all of it. But we are just a part of what he's doing. So when he's giving us instruction, because we have, you know, free will, because we can think our mind almost always goes towards, well, how do I make sense out of this? Okay, well, Mm -hmm. what sense does it make for me to do this and that and this and that? But but when we look at scripture, faith doesn't make sense and, and, and vice versa. Sense doesn't make faith. We don't we don't gain more faith by the more sense we get. And sometimes faith doesn't make sense. And that's why, you know, in Proverbs three and five, it tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. I, I may not understand it all. And there are some things I will never understand. But is my heart towards obeying what is being told? It, it just doesn't matter if I, well, God, I don't get, I don't understand why you make me do. Just do what I told you to do, because otherwise you may disrupt what I'm ultimately trying to do in this whole thing. So I need you to just do what I told you to do. Well, it doesn't make sense. That was the way it was back in the day. And, and today these are modern times, etc. My word, I've already considered all of time and eternity when I ask you to do what to do. And then uh, Solomon goes on to say, in all your ways, acknowledge God and he shall direct your path. So if my mind is towards trust and the root word of trust in the Bible uh, literally means to lay all of your weight on. Okay, and and I usually use this analogy when I'm talking to uh, churches. You know, I'll be in a church and they've got, you know, all these pews sitting there. And I'm like, how many people in here knows, you know, how many screws are in the pew or how what's the weight limit on the pew? You know, nobody knows that they come in and they sit down. We come into the studio. We sit down. We don't know if there's a bolt loose. We trust it. Right. It's it's here. I got it. That's what God wants us to do with him and his word. Just come in and lay all your weight on it. You may not understand it. You may not go through all these questions, but just trust me and acknowledge me. Act like you know me and I will direct your path. I will guide you along all the way that you need to go. That's where we have to be in order to deal with any of the isms that are coming in the world, because it's the enemy, as as Virgil and I keep pointing out, Satan is using that to distract us and to ultimately destroy us uh, away from what God has designed for us. I'm, I'm somewhat lightening up the conversation, but, but it's real because I'm thinking there may be some men out there or even women who can relate to what I'm about to, to, to share. And because trust has been an issue for me because it, it's being a, a skeptic and a cynic served me very well as a journalist. It brought me all kinds of success. And again, they have a saying in journalism of, uh, you know, if your mother says she loves you, get a second opinion. And so that type of natural cynicism and skepticism served me very well as a journalist, made far less mistakes than my peers and got on to stories that no one else could see because my, but, but it crippled me in many other areas, in my personal life. I even go look at my college football career. I, I, I wanted to second guess the coaches at every turn. I, I just didn't put my trust, and I was listening to you talk about God, and it's like, if God says, hop on one foot with just your right toe, 
It doesn't make sense. But just do it because yes. it's God and, <laughs> and yeah. trust me, you're going to be better for it. Yeah. And I could, that mindset eluded me for a long time, served me well in my career. I can remember, I'll never forget my brother, 25, maybe 26 years ago, woman that, you know, I, I have a lot of regrets about not taking the next step. And, and I can remember my brother telling me, like, Jason, women are not to be understood, man. Quit trying to figure them out. That, that if, if you, if you got to figure them out beforehand, it just isn't going to happen, Jason. Mm. And again, it's my non-trusting nature and just I want to figure everything out before I do and and you just end up making all kinds of mistakes and so I, I share all that with 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 men just so Anthony's already said it mm -hmm. but you know God's level of understanding is so far beyond ours don't be baffled when you don't understand because you're not supposed to and and you just gotta lean into trust you gotta lay, gotta lay all your weight. You gotta trust him and his way. It always works out. Moses puts it this way. Moses says, not one word in all that God has promised, not one word has failed. Mm. That's, that's the track record. Not one word. Now you think about how many people you've been engaged with in relationships, friendships, like I said, coaches, et cetera. We make mistakes all the time. Even in our best efforts, we, ah, oh man, I, I didn't mean to do. God, out of everything he said, he's never made a mistake. Not one word has failed. That's his track record. Let's trust him, not the politician, not the celebrity, not the most wealthy, not the most popular. Let's trust God and his word and watch how it works out. Anthony, only Virgil gave a great answer. Virgil, I'm going to get back to you. But Virgil gave a great answer about globalism and, and things like that. And I was just, do, do you have any thoughts along those oh. lines, that conversation? No, no, no. It, it's, it's right along line with, with Virgil. All these efforts to bring it up together, to connect it together. Uh, he gave a great example with the Tower of Babel. It's something to build up. What happens with us because of our own innate self to worship ourselves at the end of the mm. day, the more power we amass, it, we become the God. And mm. so we want to rival what God is doing. Hey, I've got this. I've got that. Um, even if you want to look at our own pledge, we can get back to it if we remain one nation under God, right? Under him. God, what is your path? Because when we begin to think about what, hey, we've done, we've done, we've done, then we can get into this. Like you said, we run the world. Our government is most powerful and God will reveal himself to show you, no, you're not the most powerful. I am. So all these entities that come together, it's been done throughout scripture several, several times. Egypt, Babylon, Medo-Persian, Rome, all of that has happened and God trumps them all every time, so. Virgil, anything you wanna add before we get out of here? Man, you, you guys did a great job. I'll just simply add a, a couple things and just to amplify uh, what, what Anthony said so, so well. Uh, I, I think part of, a, part of the issue is we live in, in such a consumer culture uh, with social media, and so it, it becomes very easy for us to spend our time you know, completely distracted, as Anthony said, on all of these issues, these isms that we're that we're chasing, trying to understand what's taking place out there. And actually what scripture 
encourages us to do first uh, is to look in in here. Uh, we spend more t- most of our time, the vast majority of our time, projecting an image on social media that that's not reflective of what's actually in here. Uh, T.J. Moe said it, said it before when it, when he quoted the text from Jeremiah 17, our hearts are deceitful and wicked above all. Who, who can know it? We have to think about that rather than do that. It's much easier to consume media out there uh, and say, oh, that's where the wickedness is and that's where the problems are. And we need to fix that. Well, what we first need to stop and fix is what's going on in our own human heart. Uh, and that is apart from apart from Christ, apart from God, uh, we, we're we're woefully de- deceived uh, and 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 can be and can be deceiving to others. Uh, so we have to stop and first reflect upon ourselves, our own issues, our own situations, and and, and tend to things there. Uh, and then it goes from there to our family, wives, husbands, those who are close to us, our, our family members. That family unit is important. And from there, your, your church environment, and and from there, the, the culture at large, and from there, the rest of the world. We don't think like that. We spend most of our time consuming things. Uh, in, in, in the opposite direction. Uh, lastly, that, that God is completely sovereign. Uh, he has the, the view that we need, uh, not just the last 500 years, not just the last 1,000 years, but he has the, the eternal view. Uh, and while we may not understand something in our microcosm of, of 70 plus years that we're given on this earth, uh, he has the full magnitude of the picture and, and our trust, uh, we can tr- totally rest in him uh, because of his goodness, his mercy, his track record uh, uh, for, for who he is uh, and, uh, and and rest in that and truly be at peace, even while we see the chaos all around us. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, great job, as always. Uh, thank you, audience. We'll play some harmony and we'll see you next week. up so divided stop fighting and stand tall we used to be a nation one united now we're headed for a downfall god let your light shine down what we need more than anything Tell us, cause together we're so much stronger. God, let your light shine down. What we need more than anything now. Let's make a simple vow. Let's come together now. Put all your weapons down. Get to me Open up your eyes and see